powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. You know what, Maddie? I had a shit day today. You did? Day. I had a shit day today. I uh, Why? I, I got a flat tire. I ran over a screw. A drywall okay. screw, so I can blame our. I, I work in construction. I'm a site supervisor. On I'm not. I don't just talk to, about the Calgary Flames. Unlike some people who are lucky enough to do so, lucky kind of maybe. I don't know. But either way, I ran over a drywall screw, the big kind, and mm-hmm. I got a flat tire. So I changed it. I uh, or not changed it. I I plugged it because I had one of those kits, and then I'm like, you know what? My day can't get much worse. There's no way that my day could get any worse, right? That usually something like that happens. That's the worst thing that happens in a day. You'd hope. Wrong. Oh, Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. We had to watch this news fest of a Calgary Flames loss against the Detroit Red Wings. Welcome to Game Over Calgary. My name is Audie. He's Matty Rose, or he's on this this side of me. There he is. Uh, from from uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan, the big show in the morning with Russick and Rose. We're going to break down all the happenings of whatever the hell that just was. That was that was something mm. that we had to watch. Um, it was different than MSG. Yeah, yeah, just a tad, I would say. Not uh, mm-hmm. not quite the same pace, the same energy. I, I don't know. There were a lot of differences there. Uh, but I was, I was really looking forward to uh, coming home and, you know, watching the Calgary Flames be the team that they should probably have beat. But alas, we don't have to do that. And maybe the next time I get a flat tire... Um, something better will happen. Anyways, Maddie, you think you know what way it's going to go? Do I know what way it's going to go? Do you think you know which way it's going to go? Like the season as a whole? Anything. Because you can make your bet with sports interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, basketball, sports interaction has nice. you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Uh, I hope you bet the under tonight. Uh, that was <laughs> was That was bad. Um, sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, as you can see on my side of the screen, beautiful QR code up there if you want to get the sports interaction app if you are in the province of Ontario. Um, scan that and you can download it. And then please play responsibly. That, 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 that part's important. We don't want... Uh, you know, we don't want this things to get too carried away. Um, if you or anybody you know has any problems with gambling, uh, please be sure to reach out in the show notes. There's lots of resources for you to um, to to access. So, yeah, we talked about it being uh, being a bit of a stinker. Um, that first period and second period until the end of that second period were uh, uh, they were dry. That was that was a tough watch. You and I talked about it a little bit before we hopped on. It was. Um, I don't even know how how you would put it. Boring is the first thing that comes to mind. Like, you know, you said it beforehand. One of those games you wish you could just turn off and not have to watch. Yeah, you kind of hope so. Like, granted, the, the Flames played a pretty good first period, but it's kind of a, a lot of how the Flames play, right? Like, they kind of thrive on a system that embraces almost organized chaos and that is a lot of shot volume trying to get to rebounds and and that type of thing and they did a good job to stifle a lot of what Detroit could do uh and then 
you know, he just couldn't get the back of the net, as we've seen with this team a lot of times throughout the course of the season. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. It was uh, definitely a little bit of a slog at points, especially when you have, like, the second period, you're killing a whole bunch of penalties, um, don't have a goal until the very last couple minutes of the second period. That always kind of makes things feel like they're going a little bit slower. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's a little bit tough too when you go from that game that we had Monday coming out of the All Star break into this. There was a you expect a little bit of a emotional letdown from the last game, just knowing everything that it was. Maybe not to this level, but hey, they uh, they played the game. That's they did. Sure. They 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 did. They played the game. They like you said, couldn't uh, things couldn't seem to go their way. And, you know, you bring up shot volume and shot volume is great, but like how many times, like, and I, and I don't have the numbers. I didn't, I didn't look up any of the um, advanced stuff after this game, but how many of those were really like high danger chances, like just from the eye test without even looking at it. Like, do you think the flames did a good enough job? And, and, you know, you could talk about that like all year. It's been the same. Have they, have they done a good job this year of getting to those dirty areas or dirty areas? those, those high danger areas. And I think the answer has been for the most part, no, there's taken a lot of perimeter shots that, um, you know, great, great shot from the point from Hannafin tonight to get a tip in front. But, uh, that, that, that hasn't seemed to been the case when they're taking as many perimeter shots as they have been so far this year. Yeah. It's, you're not always going to have a season like Andrew Mangiapane had last year where everything that happened, to occur around the crease with him there is bouncing right on his stick and he's able to bury everything that comes his way like when I look at the heat map from today's game a lot of it was point shots they were able to get quite a few to the front of the net there and you mentioned the Coleman deflection that's exactly what you want to see but tonight's one of those nights where you kind of look at and say the game breakers didn't take over that's for sure I thought the Lindholm line played really good they had some good stints the power play didn't come through when they needed it most um, and, and that continues to be a sticking point. It's just one of those games where, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with how they defended minus, you know, a couple of mistakes. Like there's the, the two on one goal. It's a pretty bad breakdown throughout, you know, the offensive zone, the neutral zone, the whole nine yards, whatever you want to say to be able to go back and forth on two on one like that. You shouldn't be able allowed to do that. Um, but apart from that, I thought they played a pretty solid defensive game. You know, they allowed less than 20 shots. I thought Vladar played well when he had to face challenges. He did a pretty good job of clearing stuff out of the front of the net. I don't know. That's just one of those games where you look at it and say this team just doesn't have the offense some nights, and this is certainly one of them. Haven't, yeah, haven't had the offense some nights is, uh, is putting it lightly based on what you see from Twitter. A lot of people up in arms about losses like this. Um, and rightfully so. This is a passion. This is a passionate fan base. We know that. Lots of people. Oh, yeah. uh, the expectations for this team are, uh, are are always set very high, and and it's good to have a passionate fan base like that. And speaking of the passionate fan base, lots of good people in the chat right now. Let's see what some of the chat people are saying. If you got any questions for Maddie or myself, please be sure to drop them in there as well and uh help us out with the algorithm that thing that youtube does hit like share the link on twitter all that fun stuff get some more uh conversation going in here um matt c saying this back half of the season could get ugly huberto's scoring has gone cold after being lukewarm at best i think that part's important because i don't think huberto's scoring has ever really been uh (laughs) 
where it should be and and maybe not even scoring but just just his play in general hasn't been uh where it should be and you know I kind of want to bring this up with you I had a buddy text me actually I'm gonna bring it up and I'm not gonna sewer him in case the 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 masses decide to uh, go against what he says um but he says Sutter should scratch Huberto for a game the guy needs to shoot do you think that's the answer to trying to get a guy like Jonathan Huberto going? No, I don't think it's that he has to shoot. I think there's, there's like, don't get me wrong. I find the Huberto um, forces a lot of plays. Like there was a couple on the power play today where he tried to go across the entire offensive zone. And I think people just read that when they kind of back off and they give him space, they think he's going to try and force it through. And listen, he's a guy who's kind of a high risk, high reward player, but frankly, the rewards just haven't been there this season is it something that could turn around well yeah and, and you certainly hope so knowing the the contract that he signed and what's going to kick in moving forward but it's been frustrating to kind of watch him because you certainly see flashes but then there's lots of instances where and, and it's not for I think the the challenging part for me is that it doesn't feel like it's lack of effort or anything like that it just feels like things haven't really clicked for him and he plays kind of like a, a running gun style that I think can be hard to play with, uh, especially if you're a player who is kind of used to something that's a little bit more structured and a little bit more rigid. And I, I feel like when you watch him and Kadri sometimes, there's just a couple plays where, you know, Hubert will try and make a nice little pass at the blue line that, you know, typically would be a smart play, but, you know, or a creative play and it could create a, a nice chance off a rush, but Cadre's maybe expecting a little bit more of a North South play and mm -hmm. they end up going offside. I, I find that that's a little bit of an issue and, and you'd hope that, that kind of gets itself sorted out with a couple of guys who are both going to be here for quite some time. And, and, and those things can, like you said, they can take time that, that can, you know, that can take a sure. full season to, uh, to really cement itself. Right. Like it's not something that happens overnight. And they didn't play together very much at the beginning of the right. year, right? That was another kind of, I wouldn't say an issue, but, you know, he started out with Lindholm. That didn't really work out. So one of those things that, yeah, you, you got to try and find someone that can play with them and, and kind of tap into that offensive skill um, without also giving up everything in the defensive zone and just kind of saying, hey, this guy's got a different set of rules than everybody because that's not how it's going to work in, in this particular locker room, I'd say. No, definitely. Um, great, great stuff there. Uh, does anyone know why Uyghur went down the tunnel the second time? I missed it. That was, uh, I think he got hit behind the, behind the net there. Kind of went in. Uyghur? Yeah. Was it not a? Yeah, it looked like he kind of took like a funny. little bit of a chicken wing elbow there, right to yeah. the jaw that might have rung his bell, but uh, I don't know. I didn't think it was malicious or anything. No, like no, Just, uh, no. I don't. He think He had so a rough either. one. From taking the piranha high stick on the yeah. follow through, which isn't a penalty, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it hurts any less. <laughs> and then taking the elbow to the mush, it's the same kind of deal. So, oh, yeah, he um, had a, not, he, he not had a, a good one. Not one that you're uh, always excited about if you're number 52. That's no. one that's going to be hurting tomorrow. No, for sure. Um, according to Brad, this one coming from left handed penman. According to Brad, we are not in a position to make a trade, even though the Isles just did it from the same spot. He's worried about next year when we're broke and the year after when everyone leaves. Um, 
Yeah, that's kind of a good segue into something I wanted because, like, you know, we can talk about this game as much as as we want. It being a, a pretty low scoring, pretty low event game, and I'm sure everybody would love to st- sit around and listen to us dissect uh, a game as boring as this <laughs> one was. But I kind of wanted to get your take on what the what the trade deadline should bring for the Flames. Um, first of all, this team not sitting in a playoff spot right now. Uh, there's still time to change that before the trade deadline. Do you see Brad Treliving being a buyer come trade deadline day? Uh, is it going to be moderate trades, small little 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 pieces moving uh, moving up and down, or do you think he's going to go big yeah. fish hunting and, and, and swing for the fences here? I think more like the old, uh, you know, maybe get all hyped and come home with David Schlemko type <laughs> the, the, of trade deadline. The Derek Forbert trade deadline. Yeah, and Frank, you know, a Derek Forbert type of player like that, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Hey, Forbert's got having himself a fine year in Boston, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I like the, the one guy I've been saying for a little while is Luke Shen. I've always envisioned him as a guy that could come in for Michael Stone, um, play on the third pair on the right side. As much as I love Michael Stone, uh, I just think that if you could get someone who's just a little bit more rugged, shut down, you feel confident in them p- killing penalties, essentially everything that Eric Branson did for this team last year. Um, third pair of minutes, fight guys every once in a while, throw some hits, kill cycles at five on five, and eat blocks on the penalty kill. And that's kind of exactly what Luke Shen is. Plus, he's at 850K. You know, granted, every playoff team is going to want a piece of that, especially knowing what the number is on his contract. So I don't know what the cost would be, but he's the guy that intrigues me. I don't think this is a team that's going to go looking for Patrick Kane, a Timo Meyer, a Jonathan Taves, a Brian O'Reilly. I think those guys are a little bit upper echelon for the year that the Flames are having. Um, like even some of Tyler Toffoli's caliber that we saw last year prior to the deadline. Mm-hmm. I don't even think anything kind of a, at that level is something that we'll see. Sure, this is a team that has said for a long time, we'd like to add some scoring in the top six on the wings. But listen, he said that going back to training camp. So if that was on the table, you got to imagine that that would have been done by now. So um, I think that to give Peltier a look and seeing what he can do, you know, there's definitely spots in the games where you like what you see. Uh, the offense, the points haven't come yet, but I think that's a guy who's certainly showing that he, he's going to be an NHL or a middle six type of guy for sure. And from there, I, that's that's kind of it for me. And like the biggest thing is what's happening with Oliver Shillington, um, and and what's the the latest going to be? Is he going to be able to come over? Because if he's able to join the team, that in itself is uh, a pretty significant add around the trade deadline. That would be that would be a significant little bolstering piece for yeah. this group. But apart from that, you know. I can see them maybe going and getting a veteran fourth line center if they're not totally enamored with Rizicka in that role because we know that he's maybe a little bit more of a scorer. So, but how are they going to manage that with number sixty-three moving forward? Um, I I just expect smaller little tweaking things with the way things are trending as we get a little bit closer to the deadline here. Yeah, and and I you know I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think it's going to be anything drastic. I don't. I think from the most part, from what I'm seeing, people are kind of starting to uh, come around to that as well. Less and less people 
hopping on the Timo Meyer to Calgary and, you know, like you mentioned, some of those bigger fish as well. It just doesn't doesn't make sense uh, even financially uh, with that qualifying offer he's got to sign uh, next year. It's, it's kind of hefty. Um, he, yeah, and, and that's a whole thing in itself. But, like, the other thing for me is, you know, Kelsey's coming along. Yep. Do you really want to trade him and kind of start over your prospect pool? Because, you know, going and watching the Wranglers a couple times lately, if I've liked Connor Sari. I think he's a guy that's, you know, taking steps after last year, had the foot injury that kind of derailed a lot of his season. I feel like he's kind of moving along this year as like a second line center there in, in uh, Calgary with the Wranglers. You know, Coronado's having a great year at Harvard. How soon are we going to see him coming over to the NHL? You know, they don't have a great amount of prospects on the blue line. Jeremy Poirier is kind of a, a real offensively-minded defenseman. But apart from that, the, the cupboards aren't overly full. I don't know if you're expecting, you know, a Yan Kuznetsov or something like that to come up. So here's the thing. The prospect pool isn't outstanding. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't I, – I wouldn't trade a guy like Dustin Wolf because I think anytime you have depth at goalie, it's – way better to have depth at goalie than have to try and patch that together season after season and and always have that in an off-season topic. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't move a lot of the prospects. I wouldn't move the first rounder in 2023. I would probably do my best to uh, kind of tinker around with some things, like like the Jacob Magna deal we saw with Seattle yeah, and, yeah. and San Jose, some stuff kind of like that. Nice and easy, clean work. Uh, and, and in Brad living fashion, we'll probably get done before the day of the trade deadline because it seems to be when he likes to get some of his work done. Um, but who knows? Either a way, lot of it, GMs are doing that now too, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, we I saw a big I, one today. I always find that. Oh, yeah. 100%. A little some, Tarasenko. Some Tarasenko A couple guy. of trade, trades out east, right? That's that's one thing if you're the Flames just saying, well, Colorado didn't get them and Minnesota didn't get them and yeah. Nashville didn't get them or anyone in the Pacific. So there's well, those, that, Yeah, those are, the teams, those are the teams you're going to have to worry worry about pretty soon here. Colorado's obviously showing that they're Colorado and they're, you know, they're going to climb their way back into that central uh, that central discussion or they already have, but it's going to be the teams well, like Minnesota that you got to worry about. Like those teams that fall out of the uh, you know, out of the top three in the central and they're going to be calling for a wild card spot. If I haven't even looked, they probably are already there. I haven't even, haven't looked at the standings uh, all day, but you know, well, Colorado got kicked in the teeth by Tampa tonight. So they could drop back into the wild card spot, depending on how this Minnesota game goes against Vegas. I think they're just getting underway right now. Yeah, so either way, it's it's tight, right? You're gonna, you know, Nashville's creeping up. I don't think you have to worry too too much about St. Louis, especially given the moves that, or the move that they've made nah, today. And you'd imagine they're kind of out of they're, it. They're gonna be selling. Um, but yeah, like all of a sudden it's Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton. You might have to worry about Colorado dropping. Like, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see uh, kind of what happens here. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I put out a call on Twitter too. For me, go ahead. The one thing for me, I'll say is that if you're the Flames, you should probably be focused more on the Pacific Division than the wild card race. Mm-hmm. Um, you're six points back of that top spot in the Pacific. Obviously, Vegas can pull a little bit further away if they win this game against Minnesota. But the Flames are nine three and two against the Pacific Division this year. Like that has not been a problem for them. Was playing inside their division. You're going to have a lot of those games down the stretch. Of course, they've only got what now four more games against eastern conference opponents two more on this trip and i think there's only a a couple more 
coming back through Calgary as we get through the rest of the schedule here. So um, a lot of divisional games. And so far that's been something that's certainly worked for Calgary. So um, yeah, there's your glass half full for tonight. Yeah. Well, they talking about the East, they play two more on this trip. They go Buffalo on Saturday and then Ottawa on Monday. Then they come home Thursday to play the Red Wings again. Saturday, the following Saturday, they play the Rangers at home and then the Flyers at home on Monday because they had that big uh, Eastern. Did they not go out East to start the year? Pretty soon off the off the hop, I think, right? So that got, they got a whole bunch of it done early, yeah. just like last year. Yeah, so that's like, talk about crunch time. Like you're playing uh, those divisionals, huge divisional games. And, and um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. Um, talking about the trades, I just kind of, I put a call out. Nobody really answered. I guess nobody really gives, (laughs) I I feel like people are still, people are still kind of gauging it. I know I did too. And (laughs) it's funny. Julian, Julian sent me a message. He's like, oh man. He's like, no way. Like I was thinking about doing the same thing for like an upcoming article. I'm like, dude, I got three replies. Like you don't have to worry about like, like there's, you don't have to worry about it. Like go ahead. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. I'm like. Man, you, you you don't have to like I got three three people uh, <laughs> give their trades. Um, but uh, a few of them we'll just we'll read all three because there's not very many of them. Uh, someone says Verona for a 2023 fourth or 2024 third, taking on the full cap it. I I don't think Verona is gonna even play. Um, who's he with now? Anyways, what? he's Detroit? in Detroit. He's in Detroit. I don't even I think don't he's know gonna if play. Recall them. Yeah, I don't think they have. I don't think he's gonna like. I I think I read something somewhere that they don't even think he's going to play for Detroit again for the rest of the year, which I don't uh, know if that. Well, he's played two games for the Red Wings this season. He's got nine points in 15 AHL games this year. Um, but like, I'm just looking at cap friendly right now. I don't know if either of those have been recent. Like the thing is that, okay. Now, how are you clearing your cap space? Because he's coming in at five and a quarter. He's got two more years. This is a guy who was just in the NHL's player assistance program. So, honestly, I, I think with those type of guys, you're almost better off just making sure for for the player's sake mm-hmm. that you just kind of have a little bit of continuity. And I don't think throwing them into the throws of a playoff race, especially with a Canadian team and throwing a bunch of pressure at a guy who's just trying to get his – life back together is uh i don't know if that's really an appropriate course of action so right um, and i don't see it um i can see it maybe as an off-season thing if that's the route you wanted to go if you like what you see in the rest of the year and and things turn out that way but um yeah i don't know i i feel feel like varan is one of those guys that kind of just sits for now 31 other teams could have had him for free at some point this year um i i feel however that there was probably a handshake deal like hey Let's just not nobody claim this guy, get him back on track in the American League kind of thing, like a like a gentleman's rule, like kind of thing. Just yeah. I know I know people, but just to Maybe. just to counter the point of oh, thirty one teams could have had him. Well, to your point about yeah, continuity and maybe the best for the player. I feel like you know if if teams really wanted him, they could have had him. But also like uh, maybe just for his sake as the person, as Verona the person, not the player. Uh, just to get him back on track, maybe maybe they just avoided that. But either way, I, uh, I I would agree with you there. This one says, this one's a sell, but they're selling Richie for a fourth and Ruzichka for a third, which is interesting. I don't know if if that makes a whole lot of I, sense. Like, 
to me, if, if that's the move that you want to do, um, I guess. But like I said, I, I still think that they like this team. And to an extent, you know, I, for, first off, I, so it was Richie and who? Richie, out? Richie for a fourth and Ruzicka for a third. Yeah, you just signed Ruzicka to a two-year deal. He's got Arbrights when he's done. I don't know if you want to move him. I think that they they could maybe see an opportunity if he gets in the top nine where he shows a little bit of flash. Like when we saw him with some skilled players and he was really engaged in all the games and he was getting some serious ice time, mm-hmm. you know, he, he looked pretty good. And coming in next year at 762, uh, like well under a hundred a uh, million dollars, I don't know why you'd move the guy out. And, Brett Ritchie, if, if you can get anything for Brett Ritchie at the deadline and you're certainly on the outside looking in, then sure, I guess. But <laughs> this is another guy that Daryl Sutter really likes. And um, frankly, I, I think he's a good dude to have around the team and around the locker room. So, yeah, and, I don't and, know. I, if I you don't, could, I, I'm sure. But I don't, none of these really push the needle either. Like, it's the, the this is like, kind of my point exactly. Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 a it's a non-factor. This one's saying uh, Mackie and two seconds for JVR. Do you think there's that much value in Mackie? I don't and think there's any value in I don't think Mackie. I don't think so either. This is, a, just... this is a guy that was on the roster, and when Rasmus Anderson got hurt, they recalled <laughs> did... Dennis Gilbert and then played Dennis Gilbert, who traveled to be with the team. You got to assume he was informed yesterday as soon as they got word that like Rasmus Anderson was hit by a car, they probably immediately got on the phone and said, Hey, get on the next flight out here. So it probably wasn't like from the airport to the rink for him. But at the same time, um, I don't know how much value there is for Connor Mackey. I, that, that's a guy who's an RFA at the end of the season. And you wonder what happens next. Do you think if the flames waved for JVR, I guess, yeah. but I don't know. That's another one where I'm like, okay, now how are you making your cap space work? Because deadline cap space right now, cap friendly's got them at four, just under four and a half. Mm-hmm. So if you, how do you make that work? What are your thoughts on, I saw somebody mention this on Twitter. Why don't they just wave Mackie and like ride Gilbert as the seventh D like, like are the flames really afraid that someone's going to claim Mackie off of waivers? Is that, do you think the, the the reason for it like 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 this speaks like speaks volumes that Mackey's with the team Anderson gets hit by a car they recall Dennis Gilbert and he plays that night when they have they're carrying another defenseman with them like yeah I I mean listen I I think that things with Connor Mackey have been uh not ideal to say the least uh this year when he's been playing um I do think that some time in the AHL wouldn't be a bad thing for him, but yeah, I don't know. I was kind of perplexed by it. Um, my initial thoughts was, oh, that's not very good for Connor Mackey. No, no, that's yeah. a bit of a that's a bit of a gut punch uh, <laughs> when something like yeah, that because happens. The, not it, not it almost seems like they're saying like uh, we don't even really we're not even really worried about you going down to play, like we don't even kind of see you at that point, but like. It's also a guy who's 26, right? He's not some 22-year-old prospect. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not really going down for more seasoning at 26. If you're kind of signed into college, they you you'd want to be a little bit closer, I think. Yeah. Nope. I would agree. Um, 
Okay, last call. If you're in the chat for any questions you might have, Flames-related stuff, trade deadline is 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 coming sooner than uh, sooner than than we think. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, I kind of oh, wanted yeah. to I kind of wanted to talk to you about the next like the upcoming games. So the Flames obviously they lose today two to one against the Red Wings. They're at Buffalo on Saturday. I would be maybe a little bit worried about Buffalo. That's a, that's a, not that I'm, you know, they're going to knock your socks off. That's a sneaky, good young team. Um, I, but like, you know, I thought they were going to beat the Red Wings. Against them, right? That's like, it. Yeah. If you're it, not, if you're not ready, Tage Thompson will put up a four spot on you and Dylan Cousins will throw in two and you'll walk away and Rasmus Dillon will have five points mm-hmm. and, Craig Anderson will only have to make 25 saves and dust off their hands and yeah. finish ninth in the Eastern Conference. It's like uh, it's like the bubble year when uh, when they just couldn't beat Ottawa. Well, like the other thing for me, like it, I don't see it the same way necessarily, just because you only play them twice. Like the yeah. one thing that reminds that Buffalo reminds me of is last year. And we, I talked about this with Lou quite a bit last year, especially at the beginning of the season when Calgary went and ran rush shot over the Eastern Conference. Yep. And that year they were like, we know they were a good team last season. They had the best line in hockey, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think a lot of people, and even in this city, understood how good that team was early on in the year just because it wasn't like a whole bunch of changes were made. Like Daryl Sutter came in, demanded a whole lot more in the offseason. And that team was ready to go to start the year. And they surprised a lot of teams. I think Buffalo was kind of like that, where at the end of last year, you know, they didn't make a ton of moves in the offseason. They mostly looked at themselves and said, we're coming back to the same head coach. Everyone's got to be a little bit better in the offseason. They all did it. They had Tage Thompson, who's come back and had a career year, like many of their players, like exactly like what happened in Calgary last season. And I think that Buffalo just came out West and they surprised a bunch of teams. They ran over the Pacific division. And if you're thinking that that was a one-off, that one game where they came in and they, what was it? 6-1, 6-2, I think they, they ended up them. winning against the Flames. They stomped them. Um, yeah. You got to be ready for this one. 10:30 start is weird too. Like obviously the 1230 on Buffalo, but um, that's a strange one. I didn't even notice that. That is odd. 10 30 a.m on a set okay well now that you mention it yeah um but their next what is it one two three four five their next six games at buffalo at ottawa versus detroit versus the rangers versus philly versus arizona so you look you look at that like realistically that's like that's five and one you would think five teams that are you know nowhere to be i guess you know, not not great teams. We're gonna say not great teams in 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 the Coyotes who are clearly tanking for uh, that Connor guy. Um, the Flyers, the Wings, who you just beat or you just lost to, but you should have beat. And then Buffalo's kind of the iffy one. You're probably gonna lose to the Rangers. What's your what's your realistic pr- prediction for those these next six games here? I don't know. It's always tough, right? Like you you gotta try and get this one in Buffalo to start. It's a strange little stretch of games because that Arizona goes into Vegas on a back-to-back as well. You got yeah. home and road split up there too. Um, but like you mentioned, there's a, a whole bunch of winnable games there. Like you rattled you off think. what five games ahead? Yeah, six, six here: Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, 
uh, the Rangers, Philly, and then uh, Arizona, which leads to the back-to-back to Vegas. Yeah, like you need six for sure. Like the thing is, and, and the magic number is kind of like 585. That's the win percentage that you have to be at to get in the playoffs. You do that, and that will kind of get you that 95, 96 points over the course of the regular season. And uh, right now, Flames just outside of the playoffs, you got to be playing higher than that point, right? Yeah. So that's 600 win percentage at 12 points. So you probably want seven, eight out of 12 of those points right there. Um, if you really want to keep pace with everybody. Now, the thing is like that one against uh, Arizona, like the thing in there too, is you don't really have any of those kind of four point games. Like no, teams no. that you're really chasing, which um, I kind of like, because it means that they're going to be more loaded up at the back of the season. And you hope that they oh, yeah. need a lot more. It's gonna be it's gonna be some good Just hockey get down through the this stretch. Log, try yeah. and collect as many points as possible, and then buckle down after the deadline. And then, like you mentioned, to not aim for that wild card spot, get into that Pacific Division race. You're gonna be in a much happier place if you are there. I don't for sure. I don't have a lot of faith in LA. Uh, Vegas hasn't been nearly as good since Mark Stone got hurt, but you know, a win tonight, and all of a sudden they're looking a little, little bit better in yeah. just this past week. So. Anything you never can really happen. know with this Pacific division. Yeah, like it's the such Oilers a weird are, are cooking right now, which is tough to see. But apart from that, like I like Seattle. Edmonton's pretty good. You got to keep winning your games against the Pacific division. Above yeah. all else, you got to keep winning your game, games against the Pacific. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch here. Uh, Maddie, let's put a bow on it. This has been good. Appreciate you as always. Um, let the people know. Obviously, a lot of people know where they can find you, but in case they don't, uh, let them know where they can find you and what you're up to. Twitter is Matt Rose YYC. I host the big show with uh, my boy George Russick, 6 to 9 a.m. on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. And uh, yeah, I just do whatever they ask me to do there. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, you do a lot of things. Uh, wear a lot of hats. I did, I did a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of your business. I did a little play-by-play for a beer league game. I saw that. Yeah, that was uh, – how was that? That was good? It was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah, it was uh, – a show the next day is a little fuzzy, but, you know, good, <laughs> good, real good fun night. A little too much fun at the tap room, I'd imagine. That's uh, that's great. Yeah. Hey, man, we appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you, and, uh, and I appreciate all you for watching. This has been great. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for uh, – keeping the conversation going. Uh, your next game over Calgary is going to be on Saturday uh, when the Flames take on the aforementioned Buffalo Sabres. Uh, that guy, Peter Klein, uh, he's going to be hosting that game over. So uh, you'll get to look Big at fan. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's 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 all right. Yeah. He's just all right. You'll get to look at his mustache, and, and you'll get a break from Maddie's here, and you can look at uh, you can look at Peter's on Saturday. Um, yeah, if you're listening on playback, uh, thank you for doing so. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, subscribe to SDPN Sports if you haven't done so already. And I will see you guys on Monday against Ottawa, and you'll see Peter on Saturday against Buffalo. Thanks for watching Game Over Calgary. Thanks for our thanks to our sponsors at Sports Interaction. Thank you to SDPN Sports, and uh, we will see you guys at the next Flames game. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.